Hallelujah. If you have a Bible, kindly go to the book of Second Samuel, chapter nine, verses one through thirteen. Let us start with a quick word of prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for this wonderful time to be in your presence, Master. We pray that you will speak to us today. Anoint these lips of clay. And I pray that you will make these words relevant to our lives and make it revelatory, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you will bind and rebuke every wretched devil, Master, that is waging war against your children, against this time of prayer, this time when the Lord gets ready to speak to his children. Bind every devil, Master. Let your mighty Holy Spirit grip our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Several years back, there was a pastor... And uh, for uh, almost three decades he preached. And uh, when he went, he was getting ready for an assignment. And uh, you know in this culture, people usually dress up well for church. So he was searching for his tie, his favorite tie. You know pastors, they have their favorite shirt, favorite suit, favorite tie. But he couldn't find this tie. So he was searching his closet and he found a secret locker. You know, 
he didn't bother much he didn't spend too much time but he went preached came back and in the night during dinner time he asked his wife what is this locker here for so the wife said you open and see it yourself he opened the locker he found two eggs in it and 301 dollar bills so he asked her why why do you keep eggs and 1 dollar bills in my closet what is this for so she said in these 30 years whenever you preach a terrible sermon i take an egg from our farm and i keep it in this closet so he said uh, he was shocked and he was very happy that in 30 years only two times he failed miserably and then he asked what are these 301 dollar bills so she said the count kept increasing i couldn't store the eggs so i started selling these eggs for 1 dollar <laughs> so the reason i tell you this you need to pray for me today <laughs> because uh, i'm joined by my beautiful wife and her benchmark is always pastor so terribly i would fail so pray for me the brother needs some help i'll use this mic brother because if i get violent i may throw the mic <laughs> you know it is very interesting that uh, the character that we read about and i couldn't stop laughing because most of us can't pronounce the name also mephibosheth we often slip this character and we miss the level of profundity that is there behind his life the level of power that god displays through this lame man's life you know most of us we skip names when we have to say words like mephibosheth we just go to the next word but today i want i'm on an assignment to drill this deep into your soul and you should never forget mephibosheth from here on because i want you to understand that there are times how we really don't understand how god leads us and that is why i chose the subject you know nowadays i before deacon ranjit asks me i text him the title at home i call him brother ranjit but at church i have to call him deacon ranjit because otherwise you know if you don't say the right titles you are in trouble so i sent the text to deacon ranjit saying crippled but covered because as i was preparing today the lord told me that there was going to there's somebody who's going to come who's crippled in some area of their life and as the fedex boy and as the mailman of the most high god i have a package to deliver to you and when you look at mephibosheth's life david plays a very pivotal role the bible says that david because of his heart because of his love for jonathan as soon as he becomes the king he starts looking and he starts searching is there somebody from jonathan's house that i could show kindness 
what an amazing heart you know one of the most important things for me is your ethics and your value system i really don't care if you have more degrees than a thermometer you drive fancy cars live in fancy homes it doesn't impress me one bit what truly matters to me is where your value system lies because if you read the bible well god promotes you in those areas of your life which is important to you and for david god promoted david because of his heart he never forgot his past he had a very generous heart you know that is the problem i have with this generation that i'm part of rosy words my god some of them when you speak you need a thesaurus next to you beautiful some of them you know most of the times i know people who have a verbal diarrhea amazing all words but zero action you don't have to go around searching just look at your own lives <laughs> you know i'm amazed that you know sometimes the parents go to the extent of selling their organs to educate the kids to get them married and after marriage everybody loves american culture for education and marriage indian culture because you can puncture the parents wallet after marriage it's me time oh i need to spend me time vacation in bahamas posing on the cruise we really don't care about our parents just an example it is very important that we understand we should never ever forget the people who impacted your life many people ask me till day why is it that you speak to your spiritual father every day because at a time when i did not believe in myself at a time when nobody thought that i could ever be a preacher even my own family till date they are in a shock how in the world could this guy come to this place but there was only one man who kept pumping wisdom into me so i never forget that and the amazing thing is you must remember from david's life it was because of his heart that god elevated him amen i want to ask you my dear brothers and sisters how big is your heart today do you have a big heart to forgive do you have a big heart to embrace what god is giving you do you have a big heart to do things that god has asked you to do i want to ask you how big is your heart and the reason i tell you this if you read the bible from genesis to revelation anybody whom god blessed and elevated they had a big heart you must have a big heart david had a big heart he never forgot his past he never forgot the people who impacted his life and because of this heart he asks somebody is there somebody from jonathan's family whom i could bless 
And the Bible says there was a servant called Ziba. And Ziba was Saul's servant. And the Bible says Ziba tells David that there is a man called Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son. So David says it's amazing. I want to see Mephibosheth. And the Bible says, this Mephibosheth, the king's grandson, was living in a place called Lodabar. Lodabar literally means no pastures. It's a dry place. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that the king's grandson is living in a dry place? You must understand, sometimes there will be moments when God lets you live in a dry place with no love, with no money, with no resources, absolutely dry. But you must remember, God has a plan for you even in Lodabar. That's what I love about God. Because man comes to you only when you are in green pastures. But it is only God who comes to you when there is no pasture. And the Bible says God had a plan for Mephibosheth in Lodabar. And the king sends word. Just imagine you are at your home. Suddenly... There's FBI agents, CIA agents, cops. Literally the entire secret service is at the entrance of your home. Just imagine. The king has called for Mephibosheth. And this man called Mephibosheth never ever thought that something like this would take place in his life. That amazed me. In the last 15 years from the time I've been in the ministry and especially in the last six years as a preacher, I have seen God do things at the most unexpected time. Amen. That is the power of God because no man can take glory out of it. At the most unexpected time, God shows up. That is why I tell young people who want to commit suicide, people who want to end their life, I tell them, wait for that one day. You don't know when that one day is. Amen. You don't know when that one moment is when God will release the blessing. Glory. You don't know that one moment where he will show up in all power and authority. So wait for that one day. That's why the Bible says that there is mourning all throughout the night. But there is joy coming in the morning. We have to live with that expectation. Joseph never knew that one day God is going to take him to the palace. At the most unexpected hour, God showed up. Abraham lost hope. At the most unexpected hour, God said, I'm going to bless you with the son. 80 years of Moses' life is gone. 40 years in the wilderness. At the most unexpected hour, God shows up. So wait for that one moment, whoever it is today. 
don't get tired of expecting something from God. You have to come with an expectation. Every time you come to church, you go for prayer, you read your Bible, go with an expectation. Because one day, God will show up. And that one day came for Mephibosheth. And God showed up. And he's taken to the king's palace. Just imagine, David would have prepared the best meal for him. He would have said, bring out the crystal. Bring all the best stuff. Because the king's grandson is coming. Everything was prepared. And to his great surprise, he sees a man who was crippled. To his great surprise, he was crippled. If you read a few chapters before, you will read that Ziba was crippled for no mistake of his. Sorry, Mephibosheth was crippled for no mistake of his. It was one lady who dropped Mephibosheth. And because of that one lady, he was crippled for the rest of his life. Have you ever been dropped in life? Have you ever been dropped by somebody in your life? Have you ever been dropped from the roof of life? And have you ever been crippled? If you have not been crippled, the sermon is not for you. I wanted to preach something deep and dazzling and send you into a coma and bring you back. But I had an assignment today because I wanted to speak to that one crippled person. And I wanted to inject this hope deep into your heart today. Even if you were dropped by somebody for no mistake of yours, you had nothing to do with it. Today your finances are crippled. Your marriage is crippled. Your child is crippled. Your business is crippled. Your job is crippled. But I want you to know that you are covered today. I want you to know don't be ashamed to know that you are crippled. Because we have become such phony Christians that we don't want to expose certain problems in our life. That is why I have a problem with the church. I have a problem with the ministries. Because if I come to church, everybody's looking happy. Everybody's dressed up well. Most of them come with good cologne. Most of them take a shower. Most of them brush their teeth and come. Some of you, God save you. If you're sitting next to somebody who's not brushed their teeth, pray for them. That's why I have a problem. Because if I come to church, it looks like everybody's happy. But I want you to know it is absolutely okay to be crippled. Because God teaches you something even during that dry phase. Even when you're crippled, God is always teaching you and me. If you are alert in your spirit, 
you will catch every sign that God shows you. And the amazing thing that I've learned about our God is that he never shouts in your ear. There are mild voices, a small nudge. If you miss those nudges, you will be ejected out of the greatest opportunity that God lays before you. God had a plan for this crippled man. I'm so glad that God has a plan for this crippled man like me. I'm so glad that God has a plan for every crippled person in this world. But David is shocked. David is surprised. How could a king's son, literally, Jonathan was the next king. How could the king's grandson be crippled? Many times we are shocked with our own life because we put a beautiful project plan. When I'm 25, I'll get married. When I'm 30, I'll have all the kids that I plan to have. By 35, I have a home. I'm well settled. And here you are at 36, still praying for your boys. Here you are at 40, and you are still in debt. You planned everything beautifully. You planned to build a spiritual family. But you are crippled. And you are shocked. In 2015, I went to India. I met a classmate. He was in the top 5 percentile group. I was in the bottom 0.5 percentile group. So we always thought... This dude is going to be a champ. He's going to settle down in the Silicon Valley. Maybe driving a Ferrari or a Bentley, enjoying his life. This is how we envisioned him. 2015 when I saw him, I was shocked. Because he was thrown from the roof of life. Divorced. Broke. In American terminologies... Broke, busted, and disgusted. Three in one. I was shocked. How could this happen to this boy? Sometimes life will throw you down. Unexpectedly. You could be shocked. Your family could be shocked. Everyone around you would be shocked. David was shocked. But he says, Mephibosheth, and immediately, I want you to understand the things that Mephibosheth displayed. The Bible says, the moment he saw King David, he bows down. He humbles himself. And he says, here I am, your servant. So for a moment, you know, I have a very vivid mind and a exaggerating nature. So anything I read, I have to bring it to life to my head. So for a minute, I put myself in Mephibosheth's shoe. How would have I reacted? You know, my Indian blood boiled. Immediately, my brains are thinking, why should I bow down before you? I should have been in your place. Rightfully, my father should have been the king. 
you are not doing me a favor typical indian mentality i don't know in other cultures the more you try to help they'll jump on you and take you for a ride so i was thinking this is how i would have thought you know i'm being very nice and polite using me as an example but immediately i thought this is how the human mind would have operated because today we are living in a time and age where we think certain things we deserve by right but instead even in this crippled condition one thing that mephibosheth teaches you and me today is to humble yourself before the king amen you don't have to humble yourself before man but when you meet the king you have to fall prostrate you have to go into his presence and tell him lord here i am your servant what an amazing nature of this man i want to ask you when was the last time you humbled yourself before god it's a very important question that you have to answer my dear brothers and sisters because the answer to your problem the solution to your problem lies in that one word called humility he bows down he humbles himself and king david says you know what mephibosheth from this day you are going to dine with me from this day everything is going to change for you i'm going to give back all the land of your grandfather i'm going to keep servants for you you don't have to worry about anything i'm going to do these things for you look at the amazing turnaround for a long time i used to say 360 degree turn then my wife came in and beat me up and corrected me and said there is no 360 degree it's 180 degree so now i don't use 360 degree anywhere look at the turnaround in his life unexpected turnaround god restores everything into his life but you must read what he says after this he says lord i don't deserve this why should a dead dog like me deserve this what an amazing statement this can be interpreted in a different way maybe another day i will preach on the on a sermon titled dead dog syndrome because most of us have that syndrome but today i want to give you a different perspective see most of you are laughing and shaking your head because you have never seen a dead dog in your life you know i didn't live in a fancy home back in india like most of you when i was raised for the entire street there used to be a common garbage point so people will pile you know if they are happy they are interested once a week they will pick up the garbage if not you would get the aroma of the best french perfume every time you pass that street you would go to heaven and come back till you went to the other street that's how terrible it used to be so i had to cross this lane to go home from school and one day literally people were fainting 
this this bad order was unbearable so people went to this authority and started yelling and screaming and finally they woke up from deep slumber and six of them came in the place of two because they couldn't bear this smell and the reason why it was stinking is because somebody threw a dead dog in that garbage i know the america is so gross brother so gross my wife keeps telling me you know i say a lot of foolish things 9 out of 10 times that's so gross she'll say but the reason i'm telling you this mephibosheth humbles himself to this degree have you ever humbled yourself to this degree in front of god he says i'm a dead dog lord I don't deserve this. What an amazing characteristic of Mephibosheth. The next time you want a breakthrough in your life, I want to challenge you today. Run into God's presence. Amen. Fall prostrate and tell him, "Lord, I'm a dead dog, Lord. I'm a dead dog, master." I don't deserve these things. When you say this with the level of sincerity that you have to, I challenge you. You will see that the king's heart is moved. Because the Bible says whenever people came to Jesus Christ, his heart was moved with compassion. His heart was moved with compassion. and david does something in the interest of time i want to quickly say a few more points because before pastor would tell me 30 minutes so i would extend till 40 so now he's told me 20 which means i have to stop at 30 so i have five more minutes i want to quickly wrap it up then two more points and i want to close so david calls zaiba and he says zaiba i want you and your sons to be servants to mephibosheth for the rest of his life and the bible says this character called zaiba was a sneak willy if you read two three chapters down this sneak willy does some sneaky stuff you know i was always amazed by david because the reason he kept seeing success after success after success is because he involved god in every perspective but my question was when he was going to hand over such a big responsibility to zaiba why did he not check with god because the bible says three or two two or three chapters down this chapter that zaiba comes in a very sneaky way and he he does certain things which is not ethical and because of this he gets 50% of mephibosheth's share this entire scheme could have been stopped had david checked with the lord is zaiba the right candidate for this be very careful who you choose to be your business partner be very careful whom you hire be very careful whom you keep in your board be very careful whom you give access to your private life 
If you don't seek God, if you don't seek his wisdom, if you don't seek his understanding, you will land up meeting somebody like Ziba. And after everything is over, the damage is done. That's why when all the, all the single folks, the ones who are single and ready to mingle, be very careful who you mingle with. Because all that glitters, I wish it was gold. I wish it was truly gold. If you don't seek God in that process, you will land up with somebody like Ziba. Who will take off of your life. David commits a blunder there. And I don't want you to commit such blunders in your life. Be very careful whom you choose. And last point. The Bible says that David brings Mephibosheth. And the last sentence or the last verse says that from that day onwards, Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem. Look at the amazing turnaround. Look at the amazing power of God. For a few moments, he never ever dreamt that from Lodabar, he would come to Jerusalem. You must understand there is a lot of significance in this. Because Jerusalem was the place where the king stayed. Jerusalem was the place where all the VVIP stayed. I don't have to tell you. You know how expensive property is in New York. Just imagine if you want to buy a home right next to the White House. I don't think you'll get permission, but even if you did, you would have to pay a bomb. Because real estate is so expensive. You have to sell your kidney, your liver. You know, many times I think maybe that's the reason why God gave a spare organ. That's how expensive it is. But he didn't do anything. All that he did, he waited for that one day. And his journey from Lodabar right into Jerusalem, the city with power, the city where the king stayed, he would have never ever dreamt in his life that he would stay in Jerusalem. I have a word for somebody. God is getting ready to take you into Jerusalem. Don't give up on your life. Don't give up on your dream. God is getting ready to take this church into Jerusalem. So I want you to get ready. I want to ignite that faith in you. Because this journey requires faith. God knew that if he had to set knowledge and wisdom as the benchmark to find God... Maybe all of you would have found, I would have never found God. God knew there were crippled people like me. So the common denominator is that you can find God only through faith. So I want to instill this faith into you today. And tell you that God is going to take you to Jerusalem. Get ready my dear brothers and sisters. So don't, never underestimate the time you spend in Lodabar. The next time, if you are pushed into Lodabar, remember, God has a plan for you in Lodabar. Amen. I want to leave these points for your consideration and God bless you.